Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm just doing my first one. I just wanted to cover some topics that have been discussing a lot with um, some of my clients recently, some e-commerce brands that I've been working with. And um, yeah, I just wanted to share some of the conversations that have been going on early part of 2019. So the top three areas that I've been talking to people about um, early part of 2019 is... um, you know, looking at the channel mix, looking at what the focus is for this year, you know, where's the best to get the ROI? Because a lot of e-commerce brands, a lot of retail businesses are obviously questioning their existing marketing budget. Uh, just with what's going on in the market, you know, everything that's going on in the UK in general. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of kind of change, a lot of uncertainty. So a lot of businesses are being quite, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say tight, but they're being that you know they're being extra cautious with where they want to put their money and where they can see a return on investment. And I think as as an agency and and as a, as somebody who works with e-commerce businesses day in day out, you know there's a lot of justification going on right now. You know why do you need to invest into Instagram stories? Why do you need to produce a lot more video content? So yeah, I think there's I think where the market's at at the moment, we definitely need to. Um, make sure that you're making the right decisions because you know that that budget isn't going to go as as far as it used to. But I think the the kind of three key areas that that I wanted to talk about on this podcast was, um, you know, first and foremost the channel mix. Where are you spending your money? What's the best return on investment? Secondly, the website roadmap. Early part of the year, it's quite common, you know, for people to um, go ahead and kind of look at, you know, the year ahead and and plan out what they want to do and what they want to achieve that year. And then the third area really is content. You know, it's something that won't go away. Um, although a lot of people want to find quick shortcuts, there's no, there is no shortcut around it. So those are the three main areas that I wanted to discuss today. In 2019, it's a very different world in terms of e-commerce than it was in 2014. You know, a lot of people are still having conversations around last click, you know, which channels are driving the most value from, you know, from, from a direct revenue driving perspective, but I just wanted to lay out some some ideas that will help kind of combat that either to people internally, e-commerce brands or to agencies or, you know, people working with um, e-commerce businesses. I genuinely believe that 2019 and even 2018 to, you know, large majority of it was really the year of the assisted channel. Um, a lot of the a lot of the channels that we work on were generally kind of warming up clients or sorry warming up the end user or the customer to try and get them to purchase over a period of time now obviously you know facebook and google say that it takes three to six visits you know before someone converts in a modern day e-commerce journey and i think that because people spend the majority of the time on a mobile phone i think you're finding that you know you might look at a story on instagram then see a a post on facebook then hit a remarketing ad while you're on a you know through google adwords like a dynamic display ad or something like that. Um, all the while you got YouTube in the background as well, you know, people visiting websites, looking at products, doing a price comparison. There are so many different kind of complicated user journeys that people are, are going down in the modern day. I think I think it's very dangerous for people to go all in on one channel. So go all in on PPC or go all in on paid social, um, you know, or, or email marketing or whatever that might be. So for me, I think you need to change your mindset in terms of an e-commerce brand. You know, there's a lot of brand awareness channels out there um, that don't necessarily drive a lot of um, direct conversions. But from the experiments that we've run, you know, you, you do see 
uplifting brand traffic, uplifting branded, you know, kind of homepage website searches through Google. Um, when you run campaigns through, you know, channels that don't necessarily have a click through, I know the shoppable Instagram now, but all the stories, you know, Snapchat, a couple of the other kind of top of the funnel channels where you're actually trying to reach new audiences, sometimes that doesn't have a direct click through. And I think that you just have to accept that in 2019. And, and the best thing that I can think of is to make sure that you've got your remarketing funnel laid out, planned out, so everyone in the organization actually understands exactly what you know a, a funnel looks like. Um, I want to say funnel, obviously there's a traditional funnel more around you know, building awareness, then getting people to engage with your content. And then the level after that is obviously trying to get them to convert. And we also add in just as, a, as an aside as well, when we're working with clients, uh, a fourth layer to that, which is um, not necessarily retention, but remarketing. So if we don't get someone to convert, how can we, you know, how can we use the bottom of the funnel to get people to remarket? And then after that, obviously retain people. So a key focus in those five areas. Um, and I think that one of the things that allows us to do that, um, and the teams that I work with anyway, is when you have a singular team with autonomy across all of those channels, I think a lot of brands, a lot of e-commerce businesses, and I've had it myself so many times, you start dealing with people and there's other agencies involved or an in-house team and everyone gets a bit competitive and, you know, that it's it's not really conducive to a kind of productive e-commerce brand that, you know, working with lots of different desperate, team, desperate teams, um, you know, across different areas. So, for me, I like to try and create an extension of the in-house team. Um, so we provide additional things, you know, over and above just to kind of go that extra mile with clients to try and establish a trust and a relationship. Um, so you can work on more channels because, like I said at right at the top, if you're working on multiple channels, that's the modern day e-commerce journey. So I think one of the big mistakes that a lot of people make is, they go, oh, I'll work with those guys on PPC. Those guys will do my content. These guys will do my organic. These guys are doing my video. I think that you need to bring some of that in-house. You need to work with a limited amount of agencies or partners as possible. Then that should hopefully help you achieve, you know, your long-term goals in this kind of multi um, kind of channel mix within the modern day e-commerce. The second key area, and a lot of a lot of brands that I work with, it's generally, you know, a massive pain point is the actual website itself. Um, you know, e-commerce businesses, especially startups, if they've not got a lot of tech knowledge in the business, they're just like, why can't I do this? Or why is it like this? Everything's so difficult, it costs so much money. And I think that, you know, a lot of a lot of people's frustration when it comes to websites is you know, first and foremost, a bit of lack of education. So people don't necessarily know the, you know, if, if you don't know the, the actual website platform itself, and if you've not done the work to actually find out about what the options are that you have, what the limitations are that you have based on the platform that you have available. Um, I think it can be a frustrating time. And at the end of the day, you know, business owners just want to see a return on investment. So um, a lot of, a lot of what I'm about to cover in this section really, you know, kind of, common issues that, that happen with websites, especially e-commerce websites that, you know, that I deal with, um, you know, generally starts with not having a plan or a roadmap. So some brands and businesses feel like they, 
you know, they're just going along and putting money into it. And, you know, you might not necessarily see a direct uplift in sales. It might be something that's just more of a housekeeping thing or helping for optimization, site speed, which is going to yield it hopefully in website conversions further down the line. But I think the, the most important thing is you need a prioritization of a roadmap. So with with roadmaps, website roadmaps, obviously e-commerce context, generally speaking, you know, there's a there's a lot of brands that don't break this down. I think it's it's okay to have an overarching roadmap, but I think that needs to be broken down into, you know, what are you doing from a front end perspective? How are you optimizing your checkout? How are you split testing your category landing pages for inbound marketing traffic? What are you doing on the product detail page to try and improve conversions? You know, a lot of brands don't even have reviews on the site. You know, they don't have um, they don't have some of the basics, really, you know, ticking, the, ticking the basics in terms of, you know, reviews on the site because the whole, obviously, it's, it's great in terms of social proofing, but also it's also a massive kind of ranking factor in Google to enable your product detail pages to rank quite highly for long tail um, keyword phrases. So if people are typing in um, blue bomber jacket, large men's, you know, you're more likely to get a conversion from those people and going after the lower end of the traffic. So a lot of people look at the website and, and you know, they're not covering the basics, but they are getting frustrated. Another thing that just absolutely is just rife in, in, in startup businesses in particular um, is, you know, updating the site, you know, on a regular basis, you know, the need to update your homepage on a regular basis, the need to update your offers, your blog, your content, um, category pages, how you're merchandising your categories, you know, what products you're featuring on your homepage, what products you're featuring in your content. You know, there's all of these things that people just sit there and expect people to, to come to you. And I think that when people do, you know, when you do make the time and effort and the investment often, you know, to get people to the website, you should be making that website work as hard as possible to convert. Um, and I think that really starts with a persona map. So when when you you know running any e-commerce brand that there are a lot of businesses actually some really good businesses that i've worked with in the past where you know they've got a full map of who their customers are and their persona base and what they do is they don't build their website based on what the latest trend is they build their website backwards from who their customers are and who their personas are where the revenue is being generated or new markets that they want to go into Um, and then that actually establishes you know their their map in general but also you know, how you talk on the website, how edgy you are, how you might look at, you know, different types of content that you're displaying. So, for example, if you're aiming at a younger demographic, you're generally, you know, if you're not producing video content, you're going to lose those people. You're obviously not going to enable yourself to get to where you need to be from an engagement level perspective, because, you know, these guys aren't going to go on and read product descriptions. They're, they're literally going to go on, consume your content, see if they like it. If the price is right, they'll then convert. Um, you know, so I think a lot of the, the persona mapping and knowing who your customers are and who your website is aimed at is a massive step that a lot of people still don't do. I, I think that's a, a very minimum just as a starting point for anybody that's like, I don't know what a persona map is. Well, firstly, Google it and go and have a look at it. But if, if you're struggling with it and you've not got a lot of time, the three key areas that I generally start with any e-commerce business are, you know, 
people who know what they want. So the first persona is, I know what I want. I just want to go on and convert. So these are your kind of returning visits or somebody who's purchased your type of product before. You know, if, you, if you're selling um, a particular product in retail or garment or whatever, they know what they want. So in reality, this persona needs a good search. They need clear signposting, a good navigation, and they need to get straight through to the checkout, quick and easy payment options, all that kind of stuff. So the first persona generally like base level is I know what I want and I want to convert. The second one is somebody that we describe more as a looking for inspiration um, kind of person. So, um, you know, they're coming to the website, but actually they don't know who you are as a brand that, you know, that they're, they're just interested in certain things. So if, you know, if they're interested in fashion, they might just be coming onto your site just to get, you know, see what's going on in, in, in the brand, what kind of products you start, what kind of categories. So you'll find a lot of browsing, a lot of engagement with content. And really what you should be doing if you've got a high proportion of people looking for inspiration is create a lot of shoppable content. Um, and then the third one is really, you know, a, a new market or a new new person who you want to target. So the first one is they know what they're talking, you know, they know what they're looking for. The second one is, they know uh, they don't know what they're looking for, but they're actually you know interested in in your sector, your product, your your type of product. And th- and then the third really is a new sector. So a lot of people say, oh, I want to target a younger demographic, or they might say, I want to target an older demographic. So in reality, you need to think about where you're landing those people on the site. And I think in you know too many retail brands out there um, don't create specific destinations for their personas. So if, if you're targeting a specific new demographic and just say that is a younger generation because a lot you know a lot of brands say to us all oh, want to target millennials or millennials or whatever and um, you know if if you're driving people to a specific page and it doesn't work well on a mobile phone you're dead in the water you know you have to make sure that you've got really strong content on your mobile you know mobile optimized devices if you're driving people through to specific pages and also making sure that you're capturing their attention right at the top of the page um because obviously this generation will be used to scrolling and 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 used to going through consuming other pieces of content and to be honest with you you've probably got what like 10 seconds to actually capture their attention so um you know, these are the kinds of things that you really need to think out and plan out that are specific to your kind of e-commerce business. Um, so yeah, the, the the kind of third and final point on the um, on the kind of website roadmap and website planning in 2019 is you need to have data-driven decisions. You know, a lot of people go out there and go, I want to build this site and I really like ASOS or I really like this other website or these are doing it really well. And it's just, it's just so frustrating. Get over that. Get over your competition and start to look more at your customers than your competition. You know, what what is your business trying to achieve and what's working on your existing website? Too many people don't want to do the, the kind of data mining or not data mining, but um, too many people don't want to put the graft in to actually go and take a look at you know, what's converting well, what categories are converting well, is it because of the product selection, is it because of the page layout, the description, the title, the type of traffic that you send to it, you know, you've really got to get into your analytics, you've got to use tools like Hotjar, um, which is a free, for those who don't know, Hotjar is like a free heat mapping software, um, we generally use it on the home page, on a key category hero page, and also in the checkout to look at customer behaviour, 
because it does like a nice heat mapping thing across all different devices because we often find that um, a lot of businesses, when they're looking at the data, they'll just be looking at like overarching when in reality, I, I think you need to go device specific and I think you need to take a look at what channels are driving to that page. So if you run a lot of Facebook ads, you're going to get a lot of mobile traffic. And if your website isn't performing well on a mobile device, you know, no wonder your conversion rate's poor. So, um, you know, these are, these are the kind of things. So data-driven decisions, uh, persona mapping, and make sure you've got a website roadmap that covers front-end, mobile, content, all these other things. So they're the main things that I can recommend this year, a very high level for website roadmaps. Last but not least, content. Um, that's the third area I wanted to cover around e-commerce businesses planning for 2019. Um, in reality, you know, if you're looking at content this year, um, something that a lot of people are putting off or, or they don't want to invest into or they're, they're spending a lot of time and effort and not getting a good return on investment. And for me, again, it, you know, it comes down to good planning, but also making sure that you're ready for the modern day content kind of production in 2019 um the the breakthrough year for me was really end of 2017 going into 2018 in terms of people needing to mass produce content and the thing is around that you know it, if you're not careful it can cost a lot of money i know a lot of businesses that have invested in a lot of content but don't think about what they're going to do with it afterwards um and you know the the brands that are really succeeding are they're not doing a shoot or doing a piece of video and then trying to figure out what to do with it afterwards. What they do is they plan their shoot around their personas, around their customer base. They produce specific targeted content and they produce it at volume. So if you're producing video content and you think a two minute YouTube video is going to change the game for your business in e-commerce, that's just not going to happen. You, you know, you've got to turn that two minute video into 30 pieces of content which are short form, medium form, long form, behind the scenes, how, you know, how did you get to this kind of look or this particular piece of content that you're shooting and um, talking to maybe getting influencers to get involved in the kind of content planning and creation as well. So there's a lot of layers that you need to put in now. And, and one of the key areas that people generally lack in this conversation is, is a good plan up front. So a couple of areas that we like to plan up front is kind of break things down into buckets almost. So you've got static content. So things like, you know, you've got your product images, your banner assets, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's one bucket. The second bucket is anything around motion and movement. So um, how can you get content that's going to go through your stories, your ads, especially on Facebook and Instagram, you know, video and ads just they just work they just convert at a higher rate get more engagement and are actually cheaper long term if you do invest into video um and then the, the kind of third area is is how how are you going to display different types of written form content um you know through the blog or through shoppable content or through you know good good marketing campaigns through you know tone of voice on the website and then the fourth area is podcast. Obviously, this is you're listening to a podcast now, so you can obviously tell that a lot of people in the modern day are are doing podcasts, you know, and audio. Um, I think there's a big drive towards that since the growth of things like Alexa and you know the other kind of voice technologies that are developing over time. Um, for me, if you if you're if you're a modern day e-commerce business. You pretty much already know how to produce your your product photography and your banner assets. 
I, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail around that. You're probably also dipping your toe in the water with video, but I think one of the, the common misconceptions about video is that you kind of do one shoot and then that's it. For me, what you need to do is you need to like mass produce as much content and get as much out of that one shoot as possible, especially if you're doing video. So different angles, you know, different products featured, people talking to camera, you know, the brand talking about why you love the product, influencers even, if you know, if you've got an influencer or a model on the shoot, you know, what they feel about the product, all the behind the scenes, and just trying to really sweat that asset as much as possible. Um, I think when we're talking about written content, I don't think enough people, I think people write too many blog posts, but don't have an SEO plan in mind. Like if you're, if you're writing content on your blog and you're taking the time and effort, whether that's an in-house team or a freelance copywriter or an agency that you're working with, if you're not working to an overall keyword plan for the content that you're producing and producing content based on what people are interested in rather than what you're interested in, you're going to fail. So the best place to do, uh, best place to start, sorry, is for you to take a look at, you know, the, the kind of short tail, medium tail, and long tail keywords um, that you're targeting throughout your entire website, then do the research around where the gaps are. So for example, if, you know, if you're, if you're selling coats, you, you know, you might start off with, you know, at a very high level, your category pages are all targeting, you know, coats, um, long coats, bubble coats, whatever it might be. Um, all, all of that will be covered mainly from a category page perspective. However, if you're looking at creating content, really you should be looking at more at the medium and long tail. So um, best winter style or, or, you know, best coats for the snow, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, that that's really the kind of content that people need to be producing, making sure you've got the keyword volume behind it and then investing your content. And, you know, it should pay dividends over time. And then finally, podcasts. A lot, a lot of brands go, you know, I don't really know if this is for me. You know, my my um, my demographic is don't listen to podcasts. This that, and the other. I think a lot more people listen to podcasts now than 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 people think. And a lot of um, kind of advertising via podcasts is much cheaper. I think that where obviously the modern day is going a little bit more kind of socially responsible. A lot more people having opinions. A lot more kind of. A, a stronger approach towards the company values and and especially with the younger generation you know these guys are vetting companies before they're purchasing with them you know that they're, they're finding out more about how the company works from a production um, perspective how the products are produced are they you know are they eco-friendly are they this are they that you know a lot of people are doing the digging and i think that with podcasts you can you know you can go down a couple of routes one is like style tips but Another way I actually think is telling the story of your brand. Um, we I'm working with a brand at the moment in London, um, and these guys basically started out. Um, it's a kind of man and wife um, startup business a couple of years ago, and they've grown from strength to strength, and they're doing really well. And their story is unbelievable, but they're so modest about conveying that story. It's quite you know it's it's quite a difficult thing for them to put across. But I think that. If you put yourself out there more more in podcast form, especially from an e-commerce retail perspective, I think it just gives you another channel, another platform for you to connect with your, you know, your user base, with your core customers who keep coming back and they want to learn more about the brand, want to learn more about the business. You know, you can embed it on the site, you can put it through 
uh, you know you can cut up um, sh- smaller um, aspects and clip- clips of your podcast and then push it through things like Instagram with some typography over the top a lot of brands are doing that at the moment so you know it's it's really that angle so and I, and I think uh, when you take a look at that kind of content mix you kind of sit there and go wow you know this is this could be if I'm not careful it could cost a lot of money but not necessarily drive a massive amount of ROI you know for a particular brand and and to be honest with you in the modern day you have you just have to produce content there's no alternative there's no quick fix if you're not putting in the yards now and you you know you, you're not producing the content now generally speaking you know you're not going to get to where you need to be in the future but how do you do it cost effectively you know you don't always need to obviously I'm work for an agency myself but you don't always need to work for an agency I'm currently doing a podcast on an app called Anchor, which doesn't cost anything. I can write, I can, uh, sorry, record, produce and publish a podcast on my own, on my phone. There's a lot of um, other software out there. Like there's a, um, an app called Animoto, which allows you to create Instagram stories that are really quick, really sharp. All you need is some, you know, you just write the copy yourself and then um, drop on some photography. And then pretty much that's it. You know, you, 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 you're creating your own your own Instagram stories that do look professional. Um, so I think that there's if, if you do the work and actually go out and have a look in the market, there's a lot of things that you can produce yourself in the modern day that you never used to be able to produce. And I think that a lot of brands say, you know, oh, I need to work with an agency. I need to do this. I need to do that. I think you, you gradually need to scale up to working with an agency because some brands and businesses just aren't even ready for that yet. I think you need to understand the channels and you need to be able to talk at a level with your agency to then understand what they're actually saying to you. Um, So down the whole content production angle, you know, you need to understand your marketing mix, your marketing channels, which channels drive your traffic, which channels drive your engagement, which channels, you know, drive your conversion. Um, You know, how how are you targeting people? How are you driving long-term value? You've got to answer all these questions before you then start to engage and, and start to scale up. But there's a lot of things you can do now, you know, without a huge cost attached to it. So, um, yeah, content, if you, you know, I always say this to every business that I work with. If you're not investing in your content, you're not building your brand long term. That's that's as, as black and white as that. If you want to build your brand and you want to build your sales long term, you have to invest in content. That was my first podcast, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Um, please subscribe because I have no followers and I'm so desperate. It's unbelievable. Um, no, seriously. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've got any questions or anything, just let me know on either on Instagram, um, at Case Digital, or find me on LinkedIn, Paul Casey. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. Uh, but yeah, just give me a shout on either Instagram or LinkedIn. I'd be really interested to hear your feedback. Um, and let me know what you think about what I've discussed and topics you'd like to discuss in the future. Thank you.